Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, they found the telephone have and a, electricity line here described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. Not everything is exactly as it seems. On April 19, 2012, a woman was killed and suspicion immediately got placed on her husband. And as their marital issues were brought out in court, the once lovely couple became tarnished and a motive for murder became clearer and clearer. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Gerard Robert Baden Clay, born September 9, 1970, in Bournemouth, England, married the love of his life, Alison June Dickey, on August 23, 1997. The couple lived in wedded bliss, later adding children to their family in Brookfield, Queensland. Everything seemed perfect. That was until it wasn't. On April 20th, 2012, at 7.15 a.m., Gerard called police to report that Allison was missing. He told investigators that his wife sometimes went out for a walk around 5 a.m., but was always back in time for his daughter's breakfast. However, on this morning, she failed to return. On April 23rd, the police were taking the disappearance extremely seriously and had set up an incident room dedicated to her safe return. Public pleas were made by not just Gerard, but Allison's parents. They told the possible abductor that she had children who loved her and needed their mother back, and a husband who missed her. Investigators searched the property and the surrounding areas for any clues, but came up empty. By the 26th, the community held a prayer vigil for the still-missing mother. 
By the 27th, police amped up their search by setting up a mannequin outside of her home to display what she was wearing the last time her husband saw her. The search area was widened. A week passed and police were no closer to a resolution. There were no real leads, but everyone remained hopeful for her safe return. Those hopes were dashed when, on April 30, 2012, a canoeist discovered the body of a female on the creek bank under Colo Bridge Crossing. The body was removed and it was identified as Allison Baden Clay. The missing person's case quickly turned into a homicide investigation. Gerard was, obviously, devastated by the news and asked for privacy while he raised his three daughters and mourned the loss of his wife. Soon after, police set up a roadblock near the Baden Clay home in hopes that someone living or driving near the home knows something about Allison's death. They hoped that someone was driving in the area the night before Allison was reported missing. On April 11th, the funeral for Allison was held with a guest count in the hundreds, but with the cause of death still being a mystery. It was, however, determined that she had died on April 19th, 2012, hours before she was reported missing by her husband. Shortly after her funeral, police were still at a loss, but they were confident that Allison's killer was not a random stranger, but a person who knew her. By May 29th, detectives received toxicology results on Allison's body, but kept the results private. Now, while it seems obvious to some, it wasn't until June 13th that Gerard was formally interviewed and, after hours of questioning, charged with the murder of his wife. Not just the murder, but interfering with her corpse. He, of course, maintained his innocence. On June 14th, 2012, the prosecution granted a forensic order to allow police to obtain DNA samples from Gerard, and by the 22nd, a case for murder for financial gain started to mount. There was an $800,000 insurance policy that, as of his arrest, was now in the control of Allison's father and would remain with him until Gerard was acquitted. Allison's own journal was looked into, and in it, she mentions that the couple discussed an affair her husband was having with a co-worker. Despite all of this, the case against Gerard was circumstantial at best. In total, the prosecutor was prepared to bring 446 witness statements to court, five of which were crucial. Some of these witnesses claimed to have heard a female yell the night Allison disappeared. By December 14th of 2012, it was revealed that Allison had trace amounts of antidepressants in her system, making it possible for Gerard's lawyers to argue that she took her life. He was formally brought to trial on June 10th, 2014, during which he pled not guilty to the charges. On the 15th, he was found guilty and given a life sentence. He, of course, tried to appeal his conviction, and on December 8, 2015, it was downgraded to manslaughter on the grounds that the evidence in the trial was not able to exclude a reasonable hypothesis that there was a confrontation between the couple where Gerard killed his wife, but on accident. The appeal was controversial, to say the least. In August of 2016, more than four years after the death of Alison Baden Clay, the High Court of Australia restored the original conviction. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, 
There's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.